106.9. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We are continuing Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Your first keyword happens five minutes from right now. You text it in. You win $8,000. Then we'll do it again for you 7, 8, and 9 o'clock this morning. And then continue it all day on Rock 106.9 up until 9 p.m. Joined every morning by Matthew Fantone, freshly off a of bike night from Quaker City and Lube last night, buddy. How was that? Uh, dude, I cannot speak highly enough of my evening yesterday. Honestly, like, it was one of those, like, something's got to go wrong soon. Something's got to go wrong soon. Uh, it all started, yes, I had bike night, so I decided to take a nap beforehand. And I didn't just take a nap. I took one of those, like, two hours, wake up all confused, like, what is going on, naps? So I get to bike night, and, and the Stark County Humane Society is there. And it's, like, awesome. They're the chair of the night, and they're going to have some stuff, so I walk over and start talking oh, to smart. them. They've got puppies there, Yeah, dude. I saw that. That's, so oh, that's like, awesome. They've got, they've got two different puppies there, and they're adorable, and it's like, oh my god, best event ever. And then, you know, obviously, bike night kind of kicks off, and uh, dude, a ton of people like, man, we listen to the show every day. You good. guys are hilarious, dude. Everything's great. Oh, that's and good. I'm like, dude, you know, nothing better than that, unless you go home, and the Cavaliers are kicking ass, and your girlfriend says, hey, do you want to have sex at halftime? Like I said, dude, I mean, it was just the Night. That's a good day. It was the night of Fantone last night, and uh, I, 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 I was just looking around my shoulder like something's got to be wrong here. Something's going to go wrong, and it just didn't. So nice. uh, yeah, it good was man. You. It was. It was a. It was a day to be remembered. Right. Well, that's there. awesome. Yeah. What? Uh, what's going on across the board, buddy? Well, I can't wait to get into this, man. Because yeah, because man, did LeBron James <laughs> go off last night or what? Man, did he go off last night or what? Ty Lue, shut up. You have the easiest job in the NBA, bro. And people kept hitting me up all day yesterday going, you know, you're not counting in the fact that if he doesn't win the championship, he's probably going to be fired. Okay, that's fine. That's no longer coaching the Cavaliers. Day in and day out, coaching the Cavaliers is not a tough job. Day in and day out, game planning. Because here's what happened. All of you that were coming you know, to support Ty Lue yesterday when I, when I said that what he said was crazy. None of you last night, when the when the Cavs were trouncing them, did anybody say, "Man, look at Ty Lue's plan." Man, Ty Lue just puts his team in in, in situations to win. You went, you all went to LeBron, like I said, you would because he's the most freakish athlete on the face of the planet for the last. 50 years. How about having to set your team up and get them ready to go play LeBron James is a tougher job than the one Ty Lue has. See, because once you're fired, you're no longer the coach of the Cavs. So is there stress about maybe being fired? Sure, but you're not the coach anymore at that point. If Coaching the Cavaliers, meaning preparing for the games, is the easiest job in the NBA. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you. That's an easy Easier game. than Golden State? Yeah, because I could make the argument that that many egos is tougher to wrangle. Where at the end of the day, everybody in the locker room knows, yield to LeBron. Where if you're in the Golden State locker room, well, it's like, well, is it KD? Is it Steph? Hell, it might even be Clay today. It's at that point, you don't know. They're both, I think they're both probably easier than some other jobs. I'm not looking to make the argument for Golden State. I'm just saying, saying that you have the toughest job in the league when you have the best player in the league is crazy. I bet if we ask Washington's coach today who has a tougher job, I bet he thinks his job is tougher. I would say even maybe even Boston's coach has got a tougher job right now, given the fact that their star player is 5'8". You know what I mean? Like that, you could make the argument that there. But I, look, the Cavs looked good last night, and everybody kept hitting me up going, man, they look pretty good, they look pretty good, they look pretty good. And I will admit, they did. They look great. 
But it does drive home that, honestly, the regular season in the NBA does not matter. And I don't know how they're going to combat that because they want you to watch the regular season games. And I'll be honest, the game started last night, and I didn't even feel like I had to watch it. I was like, dude, they're going to win by 20. LeBron's going to come out. He's going to be dominant, and they're going to kick their ass. And it's like, I don't even feel like I got to watch the NBA till Golden State and the Cavs play. And there's something wrong with that. Like, I'm just a casual fan. So that might have been true of me anyway. But the ratings for the NBA have been down, and there's an issue there. And I don't know what they're going to do about that. Because in week 15 of the NFL season, you still want to watch. Because there are still playoff implications happening. Like, in the NBA, this thing's over. It's over. We're all just waiting for LeBron and Steph Curry to face off for the third time in a row. That's what we're all waiting for. And until that happens, you just kind of feel like ho-hum about it. And I, I think, I don't know, look, I, like I said, I'm just a casual NBA fan, so it doesn't really, honestly, you could take the league away, and I would be like, all right, that kind of sucks. My life would move forward. But they're going to have to do something to keep everybody's eyes on that product. And what are they going to do when LeBron calls it quits? <laughs> what are they going to do when that happens? Because... Dude, that's the only guy. That's the only show in town. That's the only show. Like, that's the whole thing saving the NBA is LeBron James. So I would make the argument that LeBron has a tougher job than Ty Lue because he has to save the entire league. We'll get you hooked up with this thousand dollars, and we're doing it right now. The Scansbury Show. Uh oh. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Win your way into the Megadeth Show. 9.30 is when we'll give you those tickets. Also, 7.30, we're going to get you hooked up with Kings of Leon tickets. Those are both good shows. Yeah, I'd go. Megadeth bringing Meshuga. Ugh, God, do I love Meshuga. That's going to be good. Yeah, Dave Mustaine up there doing his thing. I'm all in concert mode. Why is that? Oh, you know what tonight is? I have no idea what tonight oh, is. Oh, you know what tonight is? What is tonight? Oh, Eagles of Death Metal opening up for Mastodon. Ooh. Ooh yeah, buddy. Ooh. I know you're not an Eagles fan. Yeah, but I love Mastodon. Yeah, I do. People were trashing that new Mastodon record, and I think it's crazy because it was pretty good. Pretty like, good? yeah, there were a couple of songs on it. Like they did, they softened a little, and they went like the Volbeat route. Mastodon did with this last record, where it's like they definitely were like, like the second song on the album is the most poppy Mastodon song I've ever heard, and you can tell what they're doing. They're trying to get it on the radio. It's near the end of the career. Let's cash in, make some money. I mean, this is what I don't understand about music fans, is that. I get it. It all starts like this. I know this great band and you don't know them and I want everybody to know them. And then you start telling people and next thing you know, that band does blow up and now you want to be the one person that likes them versus everybody that likes them and now you got to hate everything they do. I have never understood that. I've never understood. Here's what I would tell Mastodon fans if you're all worried. Oh my God, they sold out. They sold out. They gave you six, what was it, six records before this yeah, one? Yeah, they're deep in the catalog. Like, what are, you, like what, what are you worried about? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you don't like the new album, you cannot listen to the new album. Just like everything, you know, Metallica's done, if you don't like it, you certainly don't have to listen to it. You can just listen to Ride the Lightning. Nobody's going to judge which is, you. Which is what I do. Nobody's going to judge you for that. That's fine. Um, I, uh, I'm i a little bit surprised, though. With Volbeat, I guess it was one of those things where they got a little taste of success, and they're like, dude, you know what? Let's sell out. It's Hammer great. It. It's perfect. Yeah. You know what? We'll do it. That's Mastodon, true. Mastodon necessarily hasn't had a record that's really translated over to 
radio or even to mainstream like rock kind of. So I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, but maybe that's the attempt is like, dude, we got to we got to give it a shot here. I think eventually what happens is guys in the band go, dude, we're sick of being broke. Right. And, you know, everyone has this idea of, like, what dudes and bands make that, like, oh, my God, nothing. these guys are millionaires. They make nothing. Uh, they're, they're making money, but they're not making, like, life-changing money. If you're the bass player in Mastodon, yeah, you're out on tour all the time. You've been all over the world, and that's all great. The 80s screwed this up. The excess generation screwed this up is because they left everybody under the impression that all these dudes were just raking in money and they never were. And MTV Cribs then in the 90s kind of led into this too. Where And I tried to tell people then, those dude, those people don't own those houses. They don't own those cars. The record label owns all that stuff. It's all staging. At the end of the day, you take, dude, once the director leaves that set of Cribs, that dude's left with nothing. Now, obviously, the upper echelon of celebrity, then you're into the rich Taylor territory. Taylor Swift has money. Right, but uh, we're, we're, those are, we're, we're between Taylor Taylor Swift and the bass player of Mastodon, we are in two wildly different worlds right there. Absolutely. Yeah, those guys those guys don't have a lot of money. I just read an article the other day at like Blabbermouth about some kid in some band that I guess is popular, and he's like, you know, when I get off the road, I still have to work at Starbucks, and everybody was like, see, go support shows, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yes, okay. you should. Okay. Absolutely, you should go support shows. But it's like, I'm not going to feel bad for this kid who has to work at Starbucks because, you know, playing the guitar in the band nobody's ever heard of, it doesn't pay enough. Well, and I'm not going to feel bad bad for people who are just working at Starbucks. I don't feel any worse for you because you're in a band and working at Starbucks. So like, no, bro. <laughs> I don't feel bad for you at all. Yeah, people kept shoving that article in my face. I was like, guys, I yeah. host mornings. It's named after me and I still work at the Agora. <laughs> I'm supposed to feel bad for this? I'm not going to Mastodon tonight. I'm going to work Mastodon tonight. That's what's happening. But I am a fan of both those bands. Yeah. I'm a huge Eagles of Death Metal fan. I cannot wait until they get out there and play. I like to move in the night live. I'm so happy. So pumped. Well, good, man. Now, Excited for you. Something else I should be really excited. Oh, yeah. oh you're, you're working tonight? Is that, are we taking tomorrow off? No. Or is it just going to be a cranky Stansberry It's going to be a cranky Stansberry okay. tomorrow. Well, everyone be warned. No, dude, I'm putting up 39 <laughs> points on 14 shots tonight. That's what's happening. Check the box score tomorrow. You check the box. Do GOAT, essentially, is what's happening. Something else I should be excited about today that I'm not what at all. And the rest of like the fan base gets all whipped up in a fever about this. And I don't. And I got my own personal reasons why I don't like it. But May 4th, may the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day. Right? A, this is kind of annoying because it's one of these things that's gained popularity and now everybody tries to pretend they're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> While you just said, music fans, you guys act like you're the only fan that has any part of it. But Star Wars fans, you guys are fakers. They are. They are. Everybody trying to pretend you're like the biggest Star Wars nerd on the face of the planet today. You're not. Right? Okay. And I get that it's May 4th and May the right. Force. And like that feels very stretched and forced to me. Um, Excuse as, the pun. As a, as a Star Wars, like, yeah, I'm not sure what's on. Um, I don't know. It, it makes sense to me of like why you would pick this day. And I think Star Wars culturally is certainly worthy of its own day when you consider that like national. Oh, if French fries have their own right, day? Right. right. If, if, if cheeseburgers have their own day, then yeah, Star Wars should have its own day. And what day better than May the 4th? be with you. I'll tell you the day better. What's that? I'll tell you the day better. What is that? May 25th when the movie ah. came out, which is also my birthday. Yeah, Star Wars and I released the same day. Greatness comes out on the same day. That's what happens. But everybody ex- always every year expects me to get like all nerdy about this day and I just don't care. I don't care. Now, if I wasn't working tonight, would I maybe watch Empire Strikes Back when I got home because of how much I'm going to see Star Wars and my news feeds and all that stuff? Maybe. Because I love Empire. Let's be honest, Empire was the best movie. 
aunt. All right. So I've now watched Rogue One more than once. It's now out on Blu-ray. Is that the newest one? That's the that's the latest one that came out. But the one that's not in chronological order, the one that No, the last Jedi comes out at the end of this year and that's after The Force Awakens. What? Rogue One is a separate storyline. What? And everybody was like Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie since Empire Strikes Back. So I watched it again last week. It's not very good. Like honestly, like I liked it when I saw it in the theater. I was like, "Yeah, pretty good, pretty good." And then I watched it at home on my couch and I was like, "Oh, this is, I mean, it's okay, but I shut it off. I didn't finish it. I was like, nah, all right, I kind of know what happens. Yeah, I watched Rogue One, and I liked it, but I just liked it because of sweet battle scenes. I don't know what happened in that movie. I don't know any of the characters' you names. Don't I don't know anything about, like, the storyline. I just knew that, like, oh, my God, spaceships are blowing things up, and that's really cool to look at. I, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, so I'm excited about The Last Jedi that's coming out. I'm reading now that tomorrow's Revenge of the Fifth. Oh, oh my God. God. Dude, here's what I want Star Wars people to do. What is that? Get Shower, <laughs> fill out a job application today. And I'm allowed to make that joke because I'm the biggest, dude, I got Darth Vader stuff hanging up in my house. And he hasn't showered and he needs to go fill out a job application today. So he's right there with you guys. Don't worry. Three jobs. Apparently it's three. Apparently three is the magic number. So you're not going to indulge in this at all? You're not going to even, like, go a little Star Wars, a little something today? You should do a little something, right? Ah, dude, I'm going to try to nap between gigs. Uh, That's the only thing. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll turn on Empire and try to fall asleep, but I won't be able to. Because we're too too in. Yeah, and- dude, Empire is just the best. It is. It's just the best movie out of all of them. Which one is that? It's the well. It was the middle of the original three movies. Oh, it, that's the yeah. Luke gets his hand cut off. Han gets frozen in carbonite. You feel like the Empire is going to control everything, and then you know, then the third one comes and Ewoks happen, and then that's just strange. Now, which one was the one with Yoda? The second one, the third one. Well, Yoda's in both of them, second and third. First, yes. second, third. I think he's in the second and the third. Yes, you see him. Yes, because Luke meets him in Empire. What right? a coward, Yoda, coward. What? All right, hold coward. on. Coward. Why is Yoda a coward? So, so the Empire is taking over the entire galaxy, dude. Everything that's that's out there, the Empire is taking over, and there's Yoda just kicking it in Dagobah, doing absolutely nothing to help out the cause, doing nothing to help to help anyone out, just sitting there like a coward on the beach doing nothing, nothing. Okay, apparently we have to go to break so I can beat up Phantom. <laughs> dude, do you not do you not understand that he that he got Luke ready to go do everything? That's Yoda's role. So, 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 Here we go. so, Look so, I'm uh, getting somebody else. Dude, in Yoda, the most powerful Jedi in the world, right? Remember, it was in the, what was it, the prequels or whatever, dude, most powerful Jedi on, on not even in the world, in the galaxy. And yes. he couldn't be a part of the team to beat the, 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 the Empire. So LeBron just going to, like, you know what? I'm just going to go take it. I'm going to sit down. Kyrie, I'll tell you what to do from the bench. That's, 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 that's not how you get it done. Wouldn't it be Tyloo telling you what to do from the bench? I do the LeBron Yoda, right? The greatest of all time, the goat, the best. Yes. So, so no, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna do that, dude. Yoda, coward. Go do something. Get off Dagobah. You're just sitting there. He didn't know. He didn't know Luke was coming. He didn't know that was gonna happen. Oh, Obi Wan told him. You gotta. What do you think? You just roll up to Dagobah and you get like lessons? No, that's scheduled. You deal with Yoda's personal assistant. Luke, little bitch ass, sitting there. Whoa. Uh, uh, it's going to take me two hours to learn the ancient ways of the Jedi. Well, yeah, dude, if it takes you two hours to learn how to move things with your goddamn mind, you know what? That's worth it. That's worth it. 
Can you move things with your mind? No. Then don't knock it. No. If it took me two hours to, I can guarantee at this point I'd have it done. I don't think you understand how hard it is to get an X-Wing out of the <laughs> out of a puddle. I don't think you understand how tough that is. That's a tough gig. You know what? Let me see Ty Lue get an X-Wing out of Dagobah. Dude, LeBron could do it. And let me tell you, when it came to be crunch time, LeBron would be out there doing it. Actually, you're going to get to go off on a listener of the show next. Can't wait. LeBron's going to be a big part of what we do today. Good. Should be. It's going to be a huge part of what we do today. And uh, I know some of you got upset yesterday about how much LeBron was on the show, but dude, he moves the needle. Like yeah. He's the most popular yeah. thing on the face of the planet. But a guy named Ken is sick of hearing about LeBron James, not just from us, but from the country as a whole. And he has an interesting take. We'll find out what that is next on The Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Win yourself $1,000 at 710 on Rock 106.9. It's part of our workday double pay. Your next keyword happens at 710. Corey re- uh, writes in and says, Fantone critiquing Star Wars was hilarious. Yoda was lazy. Just laying there around doing nothing. And I never looked at it that way. And dude, if you want me to get into it, what the yeah. hell did Boba Fett do? Nothing. Uh, bro, nothing. I'm telling you. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, this is gonna be a long day. This is gonna be, dude, I'm telling you right now, dude, you will hate how the rest of your morning goes if we start bringing Boba Fett into it. Like 5:45, I was Stansberry's only ally. He was like, "Dude, it's me and you versus the world. I hate everyone else." Now it's like Phantom. I'm ready to strike. That is true. I literally hate everybody else in this building right now. Not overall, not every day, but today I am. I'm mad. I know. Like I am furious at this entire building today. And dude, yeah, dude, you bring both. I swear to God. All right, Yoda's a coward. Better tell your girlfriend to come get you. <laughs> yeah, you do whatever you want to Yoda. That dude's three foot tall. I've never really understood it. I hate how he talks backwards. You do whatever you want to Yoda. I'm gonna be the one Star Wars fan that's not gonna have like the May Fourth thing on my Facebook wall because I don't care. The movies were great. It's a little bit like, it is, it's a little bit like uh, Stoners on 420. Like, I get it. It's like, dude, if you smoke weed every other day of your life, then 420 ain't special. I live that Star Wars life, bro. (laughs) I don't need to be doing it today. I live that life. It's pretty good. So, Ken tweeted in and said this to me. All right. And you're really going to go off. Awesome. Says, I'm sick and tired of hearing how great LeBron is. He's good because the NBA sucks. MJ was better because he played against the League of All-Stars. So before Fantone tells you why you're wrong, I'll tell you why you're wrong. Again, I hate to be the guy that points out the revisionist history that we fans, we sports fans, have with Michael Jordan. He did not beat any of those teams until they were old and over the hill. He also did not beat any of those teams until a guy named Scottie Pippen showed up. And then people like to tell me how uh, Michael didn't have any help. Steve Kerr was pretty damn good. Scotty was pretty damn Sorry. good. Horace Grant was pretty not good. Bad. Bill Cartwright wasn't the worst. No. John Dennis pa- Rodman, pretty good. Rodman was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Paxson was pretty good. Tony Kukoc was pretty good. I'm listing a lot of guys for for uh, Michael doing it on his own. And that doesn't negate the greatness of Michael Jordan. Not I don't, at all. I don't ever want to come off sounding like, yo, you know what? MJ sucks. No, dude. Michael, Never. Dude, Mike was good. Yeah, dude. Michael Jordan, one of the all-time greatest athletes that has ever existed. I will make no debates about that. I would even go so far as to say even today, I bet Mike one-on-one could beat most bench players in the NBA. Sure, dude. I mean, the guy's a, a, a competitive freak and obviously 
still able to shoot the basketball. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, one of the points of, well, it was nothing but a league of all-stars back then. Let's look back at really the most iconic Michael Jordan memory we all have as Cavaliers fans. It was Craig Elo guarding him. It was him. Craig Elo. That's a fair point. Craig Elo. That's a fair point. I hate when people, oh, LeBron couldn't even play back then. So Craig Elo could play back then. <laughs> so Craig Elo could, but LeBron James couldn't? Okay. All right. Okay. That Cavs team was pretty good, though. And they man. were fantastic, dude. Manson, I mean, Price, dude, when, when Harper. The, when, when, the blue were and, when the blue and orange took the uh, took the court, man, you were excited. You were pumped to see it. Honestly, I, that team is what made me love basketball. No question about it. Oh, for sure. It had no, to be. Number 25, Mark Price out there just doing it white dude Christian style, never missing a free throw. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But to make the argument that LeBron James wouldn't be the best player on that team, that Cavaliers team, you're an idiot. So you, you're, you're, What are you talking about? L- let's... Let's look at League of All-Stars. Let's look at that, right? Because arguably right now, LeBron James is the second best basketball player ever. Ever. So, like, he's pretty good, right? Now, I know we're talking about him playing against other All-Stars. I'm telling you, I think Russell Westbrook, even though people disagree with how he plays and the fact that he doesn't like to pass and doesn't, he's pretty good, right? Like, he's a freak. 41-inch vertical. Like, that guy can do it. I mean, Russell's probably, like, the best visual in the NBA right now. Like you turn him on and it's like, man, is that kid something to watch? I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily want to build my team around him, but he's a freak, right? So he's pretty damn good. And then you got a team full of all-stars that yeah. we're going to face in the NBA finals. Pretty good. And LeBron beat that team now without Kevin Durant last year. Okay. Now so it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. But then they get that much better by adding the second best player in the NBA right now, Kevin Durant, to that roster. If this is what I'm gonna say. If LeBron beats the and I don't think that they will, but if LeBron beats and I should say Cavaliers, beat the Golden State Warriors in this finals, the conversation's over. Should be. Should Conversation's be. over. Jordan never beat a team that good. Should never. Be. And, 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 and I mean, he never had such, what do I want to say, low expectations on him. Because as the Cavs came out of the regular season and they gave up 70 points to the Pacers in the first half of the game, people were like, oh, they're not even going to make it out of the first round. So if he can will this quote-unquote crappy team over the finish line as champions, it's not even debatable. Yeah, they're not crappy. They're just la- they were just lazy and in the regular Jordan season. Jordan Honks will always, always, always come up with an excuse, dude. When whether it's whether it's you know we'll do Will Chamberlain best player ever. Oh dude, uh, it's a different era. Bill Russell had more rings than he did. Yeah, but twice dude, as many. Right. Yeah, but you look at the guys he was playing against, and, and Jordan. Oh, LeBron's better player. Oh well, he never could have played in Jordan's era. Just constantly an excuse for Michael Jordan. I don't know what LeBron's actual measurements are, but what he's six eight, six nine, two fifty. Yeah. Am I right? I'm, yeah. I'm in the ballpark, right? Yes. I probably say two sixty five and of sheer jacked muscle. You but tell me that guy couldn't have played in a physical league? Look what happens every year in the playoffs in the NBA finals. LeBron becomes LeBron because what? The refs swallow the whistles, it becomes more physical, and the game's about you imposing your will on somebody else. And that's why LeBron shines in the playoffs, because he's the most physically dominating person. Explain to me how the most physically dominating person in any era couldn't have played in a more physical era. It's such it's such a bunk excuse. It's such a bunk argument of like, well, dude, he couldn't do it. Okay. You know, and I understand that the game has certainly evolved, dude. I mean, when Chamberlain put up that... Can't touch anybody on the perimeter and all that, yeah. When, when, when Chamberlain put up that 100 points, I mean, the three-point line didn't exist. So, like, the game has certainly evolved, and you can point out differences of, of, of well, production, and I know we've heard the argument before of, well, teams are scoring more points now, and that's 
that's why LeBron's able to score more. But like at the end of the day, you can only beat the teams in front of you. You can only play in the era that you exist, dude. I, 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 Scoring more makes the game harder. You got to run back to get on defense faster than ever before. And uh, you know, as last night, you know, uh, and he plays both ends of the court. LeBron does. Last night, LeBron just put on an ungodly performance in the sense thirty nine for fourteen on fourteen shots on fourteen shots, thirty nine points. That's crazy good. I mean, unbelievably good. Um, but you, you really have the to word fa- is efficient. What you really have to factor in is he steps over Jordan, which Tyloo? is oh no 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 sorry which, that was Allen Iverson last night last night um Michael or LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the second highest scoring in NBA playoff history. He's going to pass Michael this year. He's going to pass Michael arguably this year. It should happen if he makes it into the finals, if the Cavaliers make it into the finals. So, like, when it comes to clutch, which is during the playoffs, right? That's when we really need you. So when it comes to clutch scoring, LeBron is going to surpass Michael Jordan. So there alone should be like, oh, well, there's a point to think about. He's already third all-time in assists in the playoffs, I believe. Right. And, and seventh in rebounds, dude. Jordan's not even on those top twenty-five on the top twenty-five rebounders. Didn't, list. Wasn't it last year in the NBA Finals where LeBron led every statistical category, every, every statistical, statistical category. category, all of them, all the categories. Jordan's never come close to doing that. wasn't Wasn't the same player. And 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 I, I've made the argument. They play way different. I've made the argument before of like you could never finish. You could never figure this out via one-on-one game. You could never figure this out. Bulls you got the best Cavs. take on this I've ever heard, dude. You clone both Jordan. Jordan and LeBron, and you clone 15 of them, and one of them can be the coach. So there, you got 16 LeBrons versus 16 Jordans. LeBron wins every single time. There's not a basketball player in the planet you can throw in that cloning machine that he wouldn't beat, dude. He'd beat Wilt, he'd beat Kareem, he'd beat Larry Bird, he'd beat Magic Johnson, he'd beat them all. Yeah, because you know what? Wilt could score on on a team of LeBrons, but the fast breaks, Wilt's not going to be able to keep up. Like The team of LeBrons is going to be all the way down the other end of the court before Wilt even gets halfway. The guy isn't just capable of playing all five positions. The guy is prolific at playing all five positions. Alright, so uh, again, because I don't remember this and to be honest with you, sometimes when we talk about the ones and the twos and the threes and the positions, sometimes I'll get a little lost on that. So, like, wh- how many positions could Michael play at an at an elite level? Three? I, I was gonna say two. I mean, okay. he play, probably play the two and the three. I mean, that's what he was. At was elite two. level, right? LeBron's a traditional three. That's what right. he plays. But he's capable of playing and defending all five positions, dude. And I don't understand how that is not a huge part of the equation. Yes, scoring is important, dude. And if you want to get down to it, was Jordan a better scorer than LeBron? All right, there's a debate there. You can talk about that there. But when it comes to being a complete basketball player, when it comes to being able to, yes, and Michael was a great defender, no question about it. He was a good defender. But when it comes to getting your teammates involved, when it comes to extending plays via rebounds and changing the momentum of games via rebounds, how can how, where's that debate, dude? Where where's that as a part of the factor? He, I mean. Isn't he at like fifty one thousand minutes or something like played, that? Has played more minutes than than Jordan has in his his career. And has I knocked played, him for the rest. Has played more games. So this whole like, oh, dude, Jordan was out there doing more. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He's. I don't even understand it anymore. Oh well, LeBron's soft. He takes time off. Jordan took a two years off in the middle of his effing career. To in take, the middle of his career to play baseball. Right. Nobody ever talks care, about that. I don't care if it was the foot injury Jordan had. I don't care if it was the gambling or if it was his, his dad that committed suicide or whatever happened there. And none of that matters, dude. If 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 we're just talking about what's going on out on the court, dude. Where, where's the, where where is that in the equation? I'll tell you the other thing is LeBron is dependable. 
Like when you need him, he's there. Like I get, and I murdered him for the resting. And I do the resting is a problem for it the is. NBA, but it it's is. not a LeBron problem. It's it is it is ultimately, but it's it's an NBA problem. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you need LeBron, where is he? He's there. He's durable. Like I, what's and I don't want to say this because if he gets hurt in Game Three, people are going to kill right. me, right? But there has never been the well. He's hurt, so what are we going to do? Because let's be honest. nobody. Honestly, they might not make it out of the East if LeBron gets hurt in Game 3. Sure. That might not happen. Sure. Right? Sure. I can agree to that. I always go back to this Jordan stat. For all the people who want to tell me, oh, you know, LeBron couldn't play in Jordan's era and Jordan was this much better. This is the stat I give people on Jordan. They won 54 games his last year as a Chicago Bull. He leaves the team, and Scottie Pippen took that same roster to 52 wins. They lost two less games, two, without the greatest player ever. Without the greatest player ever, they lost two more games. That's it. So if I take LeBron off this Cavs roster, it goes downhill and it goes pretty fast. You've said it a million times, and I think it's one of the greatest, like, well, this is definitely speaks to the greatness of LeBron, Yeah, is you took Kobe out of the conversation. Nobody even talks about Not it. Not even in the conversation anymore, dude. It, it's, it's unbelievable. The Black Mamba. Last, dude, last night, both Tristan Thompson and Kyrie Irving had phenomenal games. Dude, Tristan Thompson was, was earning his paycheck and earning his Kardashian last night, but nobody cares because LeBron put forth a Goat, a greatest of all time performance, dude. Fourteen shots and thirty nine points. Now Kevin's saying LeBron hasn't passed Jordan even after Jordan took all that time off. What's that say? He has passed him though. What do you want him to pass him in? Yeah, well, like he, I mean, he, he's minutes past him, games past him, playoff points will pass him. So like he's, and, go, he's going to honestly, he's going to go right. Honestly, he may lap him in finals appearances. Right now, LeBron has been in twelve playoff appearances. And when it comes to Michael Jordan, he has been in 13. So LeBron, in less playoff appearances, whatever. Whatever, dude. I'll also say this. Year 14, still the most dominant player in the league. Yeah. Year 14. uh, That's rare. Dude, I mean, honestly, LeBron has another, I would say, five years of him being, if not the best player on the planet, in the top three best players in the planet. And, dude, you look at Kyrie Irving, you look at Tristan Thompson, you look at that. Dude, the fact of the matter is is the Cavs probably have seven years where they're arguably going to be a a championship contender. And, dude, that's crazy. That is crazy. We're talking 2024, and they could still be making runs at the NBA playoffs or at the NBA championship. And across the town, you have Deshaun Kaiser. So how about you just celebrate Jesus, LeBron dude. James? How about we just be happy Appreciate we have LeBron James? We're going to get you hooked up with $1,000 next on the Sansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. About to get you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. Do that here shortly. You give you your next keyword. You just heard Crosby, Stills, and Nash Young there. Ohio, as today, May 4th, 47th. Uh, anniversary seems like the wrong word to use for the tragedy that happened at Kent State. If you don't remember, the National Guard was called to the campus to oversee student protests regarding the Vietnam War. Uh, when President Richard Nixon de- declared the United States' intention to attack, the Viet Cong protest then followed. According to the university itself, the protest started peacefully but became confrontational as protesters clashed with police and then violence ensued. And if you don't remember, the National Guard was called in on May the 2nd. The four students shot and killed were Jeffrey Miller, Allison Krauss, William Schroeder, and Sandra Schur. I hope I have that last one right. Uh, the university closed for six weeks following the shootings. 
And uh, they, I know they host an event out there at Kent State every uh, every year on this. They're, they've decided if you're planning on attending, I'm moving that indoors because of some of the negative weather we're going to have today. It's supposed to be pretty rainy, so they're actually moving that indoors this year. Um, I guess it's interesting to kind of look back, and obviously, you know, we live in times where protesting and and things of that nature are kind of a hot topic right now. Yeah, and it's just interesting to see what the opinion was 47 years ago, and kind of how the nation reacted to it. And don't get me wrong; I'm sure it still was a divisive thing, but it's just interesting to see how 47 years later those concepts and that that you know, you know, it, what it, I wish I had. What is that? I wish I had tweets of people who were right. Were you know what I mean? Right. Back there because I, I I you're right because now when you turn it on the TV and you see that stuff it's sold to you as this is what you should do right but if you protest today and I'm, I'm again I'm somebody who kind of like I, I don't want to say gets annoyed by it but like sometimes I worry people aren't protesting for all the best reasons and uh, so I'd be very interested to find out what what people were saying at their dinner tables about what happened at Kent State well I'm going to assume that at least in some level it was comparable I'm sure there were people who were like those stupid kids out there and they're just blocking up traffic. And- and, and, and the same arguments that people make today because a lot of the same arguments were made against a lot of things of that era. Like when it comes to civil rights, dude, a lot of people right. were saying like, true. you know, MLK, he's just out there being a thug. And like, you know, 47 years later, 50 years later, it's all a very different story that we sing about that. Um, Should be on money. But, but well, I mean, you'd like to think so, but he blocked streets. You know what I mean? Right. He, when, 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 he was, true. when he was in the Birmingham jail, it wasn't he was in the Birmingham, you know, a designated protest space. <laughs> he was in the Birmingham jail. That's fair. Or Arrested for that, so like, and it's it just, it's just, it's just really clear to me, I guess, how how much times have changed, and really, it probably is a big part of well, I can see everyone's opinion now, as opposed to just talking to my friends and family about. Something I think it's like a this. huge difference. Yeah, I, I, I think um, again, when when situations like this come up, people want to, they will say publicly what they feel like is the right thing. And so I'd be interested to to know what was really being talked about. And obviously the fact that we didn't all have cameras in our pockets, then we could just pull out and watch what happened. Right. It changes things there. Um, but I, I really do wish I could kind of go back and like, what did happen there? Because from what I've heard, you know, students started throwing rocks at the, at the National Guard. And obviously right. you have to respond to that. You can't just let rocks be thrown no, at you. No, you can't do that. But you can't just start shooting into a crowd of students either. You just can't start, you know, mowing people over. So I, I don't know. It, it just this is one of those things where I don't know exactly what my opinion is because I don't feel like I've ever gotten the really clear story of like this is why everything unfolded the way it did. I remember my dad sitting me down and talking to me about it because I. Like most young men, I came to music through classic rock. Right. That's kind of what happens. You go back and listen to everything that came before, and I had stumbled across CSNY. And I, you know, my dad was a big uh, Stephen Stills fan. And so, like, I was listening to Ohio in the house, and I remember him pounding on my bedroom door. And I was like, I will, I'll turn it down. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I want to come in here and I want to talk to you about this because I, I want to make sure you know what's happening here. And he goes, I, you know, you stumbled across the song, you found it, and he told me what it had. I was like, what? I was like, I just was listening to it. I was right. like, they're saying Ohio, man. Cool, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when he told me what had like really had gone down, I was just like, oh, oh, that happened right there at Kent State because you know I was like, man, I know Kent, I know people there, and like it, it was uh, it was an eye opening experience. If we played a song, you know, like we just did, we just how we just played Ohio. If we played a song 
about modern protests, about Black Lives Matter, or about Occupy Wall Street, or about any of those things, people would be coming for our heads. We would be treated like we were we were lepers, dude. Like I wouldn't if if you asked me like that's dude, true. If you asked me, Fantone, should we play that this modern protest song? I'd be like, hell no. You Stansbury. know what's crazy about hell, that? No, one of my favorite songs ever. Like top ten for sure. May maybe top five. But top 10, for sure, is for what it's worth by the Buffalo Springfield. Right. Totally a protest right. song. It's what that whole song's about. It, 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 it's just one of those things that maybe time is the is the divider there. Like, once you put enough time between something, you can kind of look back on it the way you want to look back well, you on know it. What? I, honestly, I think that's, I, yeah, I think you hit on it. Because what happens there is, is that people get all agitated in the moment, and they panic. Right. And then they realize, you know, a year removed from it, you know what, maybe that protest was necessary. Maybe that was, you know what I mean? Maybe my fear of what what happened did not happen, so now I don't have to carry the anger that I once had. But today is the 47th, and again, this doesn't feel, it feels wrong yeah. to use the word anniversary. Yeah. It doesn't feel right to use that word, but if you're planning on attending the event at Kent State, they have moved it indoors due to some uh, fear of rain. We have $1,000 to get you hooked up with. Let's do that right now. I'm Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9 online for you, WRQK.com. We have Kings of Leon tickets not too much longer until we get you hooked up with those. one 800 243 625, the number you will need. I had predicted something. I think it was under 90 days ago on the program. All right. And we're starting to see it come to fruition. All right. And I had said, watch, this will be the next move corporate America will make. And I'm no great. Like, I can't see into the future or anything, right? It's not that. But no. my company did this to me. And so I just assumed other companies are going to want to do this for you, to you, to all of you. And this is how you're compensated for work done. Okay? We went through a contract negotiation, and we have agreed to stay at Rock 106.9 a few more years. Everybody's happy, right? Listener happy. We're happy. Management happy. Everybody's happy. So that's all good. But through that process, we were negotiating, should there be pay raises and stuff? We ended up, and this is what made me talk about this, was that the company came up, we were like, what we're, what we're willing to do is compensate you with more time away from the studio. We'll compensate you more greatly by giving you time off versus let's raise everybody's salaries up, right? And I don't necessarily have an issue with that, other than the fact that I worry that when I'm not in the studio, people are thinking to me, geez, how easy is that job? And you're, uh, how often are you gone? Right. And I worry that it leaves a negative connotation in your mind about my work ethic. Right. Now, at the end of the day, we have our quote unquote playoffs, our, our times of the year where we are being graded and where we cannot are, go, where, where we can't go. Right. But in the regular season for us, we do have a little bit of wiggle room there of like, all right, this is an appropriate time for us to be away from the studio. Right. And everybody deserves vacation. Of course. But we, we were granted a lot more of it in lieu of more compensation. And that's part of the new business Which model. Which I know has to kind of put you in a strange place because you and I are a little different here because I'm very much like you guys gave me this vacation, whether it's a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, you guys gave me this vacation. Therefore, you owe it to me. That's right. a part of my nego- that's a part of my contract negotiation. That's a part of my salary, essentially, where you are very much on the opposite side of that. I don't want it. Where it's like, you're going to dude, we're going to get fired. If we if we walk away, we're going to get fired. So because it's just weird. You know, when I worked for this company last time around. That's the way it was, where I would watch people take vacations and they would come back and it'd be like, um, <laughs> yeah, dude, we figured out we don't need you. 
And so it made me very paranoid. As a matter of fact, when I left this company the first time around, and despite what anybody tells you, I left willingly, I left, I think it was, I had three weeks vacation unused that I had never used. You know, obviously it's not. All my sick days. It's not liquid cash, but it is leaving money on the table now, when people do that. And Americans are notorious. For I'm it. getting better about that the older I get. And that quality of life now is becoming more important to me than ever before. When I when I was younger doing this, it was like show, 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 show. And that's all I cared. I didn't care about anything else. Nothing else. Now, as I'm starting to get a little bit older, I'm starting to find ways to find happiness outside of what I do and start to work on my life outside of it. And I'm caring about that more. And now that I like want to see my family more, more time off will actually be beneficial to me, which is why I have no issue with what the company did. But now there's a bill HR 1180 and it's looking to tweak the fair labor standards act, which mandates employers that require hourly paid employees to work more than 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. to pay time and a half, 1.5 times their, their usual hourly rate. But what this will do now is then offer vacation time and time off versus time and a half. And I told you this was coming. I told you this was going to be the model. And sure enough, here it is now. Now, we're salaried employees, so I think there's a difference there between that and hour, hourly employees. Right. You know what I mean? I think there's a different level of expectation. I would I think agree. There's, I think there's a different level of kind of career there. And I'm not saying that people who work hourly jobs don't have careers, but like I, I, I see a fundamental difference there. So when it comes to... When it comes to people who are working hourly jobs, people who are just like, dude, I just need to get my goddamn rent paid. Like, I feel like that's who's getting screwed over the hardest in all of this. Is that like, I'd love to be able to take time away from work, but I'm so worried about getting food on my table and getting rent paid. That's not even a concern of mine right now. This works better for salaried employees, obviously, because you're going to get paid. Like, if you give people time off from an hourly job, all you're doing is not paying them to work that day. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to pay them to sit home and now you're not paying them for the overtime. But this is the model. And they're going to start to send, you're going to start to see more and more studies about how working less is healthier for your brain. And they're going to post all those blogs online. They're going to get you all bought into it. So you go along with it. But I mean, really what we're going to end up doing here is, is forcing people into working more and, and, and yeah, 40 hours is great, but dude, I can't afford it when I do that. So therefore I, on those days off. So sure. You work me for 55 hours at subway one week and next week you're only going to work me for 35. Well, I better pick up those, ex- those extra 15 hours Wendy's that's, because if I don't, what am I? What am I going to do? That's all that's going to happen. What am I going to do? You're absolutely right. I, I mean, the, the hourly employee. But I, and and again, I don't mean to say this like tough sucks to be you. But let's be honest that the hourly employee is always going to get screwed in America. Well, I mean, okay, okay, I I, I can totally agree with you that there's always going to be grunts in America. But then when it comes to like these people asking for fifteen dollars an hour and us saying no, you're a piece of crap, you don't deserve that. And 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 then when it comes to well, well, where were the parents when these kids were making these bad decisions? I was working at my third job. Right. That's where I was. So I either either A, I can't you I can't live on government assistance, so I better go to work. Oh, I can't I can't go to work because I'm not getting paid. Oh, now now now, now I can't take care of my kids cuz I have to be at work 60 hours a week. I mean, at what point is enough enough in America? This is I uh, <sighs> Sorry, I'm holding over some LeBron anger there. Is that right? I think so. Okay, good. I'm just I'm just happy we found out where the hell it's coming from cuz dude, we're sort of on the same side on this. Okay? I I have traditionally been a tough, get a better job guy, right? Okay. And because I, I've traditionally been that guy. And because 
this is what I'm going to say about that. If I lose this job today, <laughs> not all that, not all that uh, unlikely. Circle on the drain. In, in, in the media world, like everybody knows, right? That that could happen. Dude, nobody's coming to save me. No. You know what I mean? No. And so I'm not. I, I'm going to have to go out and then work three, four. I still work two jobs. Well, I, 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 I got a pretty good job. I got a job. Most people tell me, oh, my God, I'd give anything to do what you do. I have that job. Still have another job working it tonight. I think I think a lot of people want to make the arguments of, well, you as an individual have to go out there and work harder. And on a small level, that is 100% true. You, case by case, yeah, it'll you, work. You, 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 are, you are responsible for your lot in life. You are the one who has to take control of that. You are the one who has to do something about that. But if we take a step back and kind of look at the big picture here, there's only so many people who are going to be able to do that, whether that's circumstance, whether it's education, whether that's their own decisions against them. But we can't act like, oh my God, I don't understand why there's all these problems in the world when you as a person can't make it in life by working 40 hours a week. I, I, I just don't. Now, this time off that they're going to give you will be paid. As I read further, I didn't know that. But I'm here. But as I'm reading this from wkyc.com, it standard says, pay. Yeah, not time and a half. Not time and a half. Standard pay. So what it is is you you'll work. Let's say all right. So you work instead of forty hours, you work fifty. We'll keep it very simple math, right? It's ten extra hours. You'll get ten hours off of work, and you'll still be paid. But you just don't ever get time and a half. I don't know, man. If you're if you're paid, that makes this very different for me because I I'm thinking because what I hear from a lot of workers and a lot of people in America with jobs, multiple jobs, is that you know I'm married. I got three kids i got all this stuff i don't have time to do all this i don't have time now you will have time now you will be at your kids baseball game you're still going to be paid even though you're not going to work today and i think there are a lot of people who don't hate their jobs they don't necessarily love them let's be honest i have one of the best jobs in the world if you can get it but still there are days where i wake up and go you know what i'd rather hit the lottery today than going to work right and but I think a lot of people are would be like, you know what, just give me more time away from here so I can travel, so I can do things, so I can do this stuff. I, I think this at least is moving us. You don't like this at all? This no, is- dude. If you're a $9 an hour employee, that doesn't add up for you. I, I see what you're saying. If you're in a comfortable position and, yeah, you have you have the availability, well, I can take a little bit of time off and go travel or do something, dude. I'm a $9 an hour employee, man. I can't do that. That's not an option for me. Well, I mean... If you're a $9 an hour employee, you're probably not traveling on time and a half either. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not saying like traveling is the end goal. I'm saying getting ahead financially, like making my family life better, making me having some some income, that makes your life better. You don't have time to go do those things. You don't have the ability to go do those things. Yeah, quality of life has got to come into it at some point, though. Like and as, like I said, I was a guy who threw quality of life away for 20 years chasing my career. I never cared. I didn't care. I, I You asked those people when I first started in radio. I slept at the radio station four nights a week. I mean, I was all in, all in. And so I never cared about like what I did outside of it. Like I said, I left three weeks vacation on the table when I left this company the first time. And I just never cared about that stuff. But now as I'm like, you know, like, eh, you know what I mean? Let's, you know, pull the Kenny Chesney. Let's, you know, I've been living in fast forward. Let's slow down a little bit. It's like there's a little bit of it where it's like, you know what? More time away is like I said, for me personally, you're right. For, for a $10 an hour person, it's going to be harder. But for me personally, like outside of people going, geez, lazy ass, get in there and host the show. Like outside of that, I more time away is actually going to be very beneficial for me. And as long as we're going to pay the people. I guess I can't hate it. The company gets to stay open longer or more years because they don't have to pay as much. And you get time away, which is going to feel like an increase. Like if you 
You don't mean to tell me six months down the road, Fantone, when people are starting to get those checks and they're getting paid for hours they didn't work, they're not going to feel that? You're going to be making the same amount of money per year. You're, you're, you're not getting and, any and extra working money. Less days. And but you, but uh, that doesn't address the fact that I, as an hourly employee, don't. I'm not making enough to make it ahead. So we're not helping people at all here. We're not. Jay says I grind this many hours so my family can have a good quality of life. That's a good way to look at it too. Uh, Dan writes in and says, "Screw the time off. Show me the effing money." Yeah. Jesse tweets and says, learn a real working trade and be good at it, and you'll never have to worry about a job. That's I, I you know, that's a little idealistic, Jesse. I take your point, but in America, you always have to be worried about your job. That's just the way it is. That is just the way it is. All right, more LeBron. Yes. We'll try to we'll 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 try so to hot. calm we'll try so to calm Fantone down. We'll more down. LeBron and Kings of Leon tickets next. Hang on. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 1069. We have Kings of Leon tickets. They're playing Blossom August the 16th. We'll get you into that here shortly. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you will need on those. We're going to get back into this new overtime pay a little later in the program. There's a lot going on there. People uh, were bringing up great points via Twitter and Facebook and stuff. We'll address those. We'll do it a little later in the program. We were talking about this yesterday, though, because it was like all over. The picture was all over. LeBron holding that that uh, Great Lakes Dortmunder. Right. Um, after like making a play, and he didn't want to run over the beer. Later, he looked down. She had like the beer on the uh, on the tray or whatever, and he was like took it and kind of looked at it. Didn't drink it. Put it back down. He had then since said, you know, if she had red wine. Maybe I would have drank it. I'm not much of a beer guy. And I had forgotten about the fact that Great Lakes was the local beer company that brewed Quitness when he left and went to Miami. Indeed. So there's some negative history here. And we know LeBron to be petty, right? He is. And and he remembers everything. And he may let you think he let it go, but he has not let it go. He is vindictive this way. Um, he came back to the Cavs, though, and probably put a lot of that behind him, right? I mean, if that was really the case, would he would he really be under Dan Gilbert? I yes, because I think he knew you could win ten championships in Miami, but if you win one in Cleveland, that whole you quit, you left, you went away, you went whole thing, all of that goes away, all of it. And the truth is, and I said this last year, and it's true: if he wins you a title this year and he goes back to back and he leaves now again, which there's a likelihood that he would, I don't know that he would, but you'd have to maybe look at it that you wouldn't murder him the way you did the first time around because he gave you two championships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, one championship should be enough. I, I, I don't understand the audacity of the Northeast Ohio sports fan where that's not enough. I, I mean, listen, would I be furious that LeBron left? Of course I would. I'd be heartbroken. I'd be mad. I wouldn't know how to process it, honestly. Um, but I, I would have to shut up and accept the fact that that's the guy who got me the championship that I've wanted my entire life. Right. That's just the way it would be. So James and his uh, crew, family, uh, well, associates, let's call them, are upset over, I don't want to be a Phil Jackson there, are upset over Great Lakes Brewing Company's use of James' likeness to promote the Dortmunder. Right. And are considering legal action. This was predicted by Matthew Fantone yesterday. And you probably should have been able to see this coming. Now, the reasons, again, both personal and professional. Again, 2010, he leaves, and they brewed Quitness which was a dry-hopped India pale ale that leaves a bitter aftertaste. The aftertaste is how they described it. That sounds, like, sounds like the worst beer ever. So 
Right. <laughs> so they were a little petty themselves there. Sure. Right. So again, he grabs this Dortmunder gold. Now they've now then sent out photos of like a cardboard cutout of it, and then had the beer next to it, and says we're gonna do discounts on Dortmunder at the pub, and they used his photo to kind of be like, hey, we thought last night was pretty cool. Here's the photo. We, you know, we're gonna offer discounts. So LeBron said. He goes, this is about the last thing I'm trying to worry about right now. My agent and my legal team will take care of that. He's like, but yeah, I know Great Lakes is trying to benefit off me, James told Cleveland.com, and I heard they were the same company that made all those Quitness beers, and now they're trying to benefit off of me this way. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So I'll ask you, if this was Thirsty Dog or, you know, Fathead's Brewery, or one of these other, like, even Canton Brewing Company, if it was, like, one of the more local things that did not have an anti-LeBron thing, is he even looking into this, or is he just going to be like, you know what, sometimes this is going to happen, we're going to let it go? Yes, he's still looking into this 100%. Because at the end of the day, LeBron, if nothing else, understands the value of his brand and what he brings to people, and it doesn't matter whether it was a beer, or if it was a food, a restaurant, or, or anything, you're not going to use LeBron's image name uh, quote unquote like endorsement in a commercial without him getting paid and rightfully so that doesn't make LeBron a bad guy dude that doesn't that's no, no that's that's what he makes his money on and, and and especially when we're talking about alcohol right some people don't want to be next to that right he's not going to he's not going to just be like eh, it's okay yeah you can you can have LeBron James day at you know Burger King and I'm not going to say anything it'll be fine no of course not dude of course not no he owns it's restaurants. like it's like Beats. it's like how Disney, if you, if you, you know, if you're a daycare and at Disney and, and Disney finds out that you have like Mickey Mouse on the wall, they're coming for you. They are because that's their intellectual property. That's what they make money with. Look at our business, ASCAP. Right. right, they're right. going after all those bars and music venues who are playing music in between. That's why you're hearing less and less music in venues in between bands because you have to pay for it's it. Because you have to pay for it. Actually, the Willie Brewing Company's on the list. ASCAP's going after them. Like that's going to be. And I remember when it first happened, and I, I remember telling my manager at the Agora, "This isn't a big deal. They're how are they going to know?" And he was like, "Dude, I'm telling you right now, we got to stop doing this, and we need to stop doing it right now." Sure enough, there's people, there's bars in Ohio on the list. It's not like uh, the 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 Great Lakes Brewing Company just printed out a picture of it and hung it up on their walls and said, "Man, that was a great moment for us." They're trying to make a promotion out of it. They're trying to make a deal out of it. They're trying to make money off of the guy without paying him. That's Showed not you happen. his photo, offered you a special rate on their product to yeah. lure you in. Yeah. A good lawyer is going to be able to argue LeBron James needs to be paid for that, and the estimation. For from a lawyer from KYC is two million bucks that photo may cost them in the end. Yeesh. Yeah. Man, it's good times to be LeBron James. Yeah, it's not bad, dude. It is good times. We'll take caller 25 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on these Kings of Leon tickets. They're playing Blossom August the 16th, and we'll get you in. And you're also getting hooked up with $1,000 next on the Stansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. 9.30, you get hooked up at Megadeth tickets as they play... Jacob's Pavilion at Nautica. That July 3rd. Bringing Meshuggah with them as well. What a good lineup. So good. We'll get you hooked up with that. 9.30. Those tickets do not go on sale until tomorrow. However, there will be a, a pre-sale for Megadeth starting at 10 a.m. today on Rock 1069's Facebook page. Check that out. You're minutes away now, however, from getting hooked up with a thousand bucks with Rock 1069's workday double pay.
We got into this story surrounding Adam Jones, the Baltimore Orioles player yesterday, who had said that somebody threw a bag of peanuts at him while he was in the outfield at Fenway and then had uh, referred to him by the N-word. That part of the story keeps coming up. Not the N-word part, but the bag of peanuts. The peanuts? Is there like a racist undertone to that that I'm not picking up on, or is that just somebody throwing something? I'm... I don't know. I mean, like, not to say it, but like, I mean, a banana to me would feel racist. Where a bag of peanuts, I don't. I, I it's just it's no. Not, I think the issue is there, just throwing things at okay, players. Okay. I think. Okay. I don't know. I didn't. Wow. I didn't even stop to think about that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know any negative. Look out for these peanuts, you, you, you air. <laughs> Jesus, racist people. What are you coming up with now? God. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know any about, about any know. negative interaction between those two things. Watermelon, Kool Aid, all those things I've associated, but I yeah, don't you know, know what about you should do is list them all. Let's, <laughs> let's list them all. Dear God, my life is literally flashing before my eyes. So Kurt Schilling had played for the Red Sox. Uh, most famously, I guess, would be what the like the bloody sock game yeah. where he was like bleeding through the sock and still pitched. And, yeah. Pitch really well, or whatever. He has since leaving baseball, kind of turned into like an ultra conservative tweeter. Like he's, you know, he's had wild opinions for like the last year and a half. Like he's always saying something crazy. Yeah, and you know, obviously there needs to be people out there who are, are speaking the conservative viewpoint. And I, I, I certainly, what do I want to say here? Okay with that, Kurt Schilling, It's your platform. You can say whatever you want with it, and you know, who am I to tell you not to? But he shared an article on his page Wednesday from TurtleBoySports.com. Sounds reputable. I don't know who that is. What? These are these what? online blogs are called all different kind of crazy stuff. I don't know them to not be good. I don't, but I don't know who they are. Uh, at the end of the day, what that sounds like to me is you found something on the internet that reinforces your beliefs, and therefore it's as valid as can as possible. Yeah, it's but, a, the TurtleBoySports.com. That's probably close. Okay. Okay. All right. And apparently. They had the headline, TurtleBoySports.com did, Fenway Bleachers Vendor, and then quotes him as saying, I was there and no one yelled any racial slurs at Adam Jones. So Schilling then added, so who is lying, question mark, to his tweet. Now, in the blog post, the alleged vendor at the stadium who claims he was in the bleachers at Fenway for, quote, most of the night, which, again, how fast can you say the N-word? Pretty fast. If a vendor walks yeah. away, it, just because he didn't hear him doesn't mean this did not happen. Right. All right. The vendor says Jones was being heckled, but not like nobody directed racial slurs at him. And heckling is going to be part of sports. You of suck. Go Red Sox. That's going to be part of it. I dude, and I, I I think rightfully so, man. No, right. I don't I don't want to I I don't want to wash away all like fan interaction. No, dude. I wish as a fan base, I wish Northeast Ohio sports fans would be a little bit more heckly, dude. I wish that we would boo the hell out of teams. I really do. So Kurt Schilling then goes on to say that. He's making the claim that Jones embellished his story by adding a racial slur to an already animated baseball rivalry. Now, I understand that I don't know baseball in and out, but I was not aware that the Orioles and Red Sox had like an overlying rivalry. Like I know like Yankees Red Sox 
Yes. Um, pretty close in proximity there to each other. I'm sure they play each other a lot. Probably pretty easy to travel from, you know, from Baltimore to uh, to Boston. You know what I mean? So probably just like... I'm sure there's some, yeah. Any Anywhere that's geographically close, you kind of have a little bit of beef with that team. It's just one of those things like I, I don't think it's necessarily thought of. Right. Right? Okay. So he goes on to say, Kurt Schilling does, no one saw it or heard it happen because it never happened. This will be ignored by the mainstream media because it goes against their narrative. Okay, if I say mainstream media, that validates my point. All right. Schilling then defended his stance by continuously tweeting at people who argued with him. And he used a USA Today article from September in which Adam Jones went on record saying baseball is a, quote, white man sport as a reason the game has never had a Colin Kaepernick-like type protest. Okay. So I don't know. Look, I don't know what Adam Jones meant by that. Does he mean it's a sport that is played by white men or is it is a sport predominantly watched by white men? I don't know what he meant by that. I would say because played, oh, played by is definitely Hispanic. Right. right? <laughs> like, and watched, I would say that primarily I think most sports are probably predominantly watched by because we're majority. The, white the people, majority of people. Yeah, white right? people are the majority, yes. So then if you were going to make that that claim, then they're kind of all, they would all be that way, right? So I don't know what Adam Jones meant by that, and I don't think that just because he said baseball would happen to be a white man sport doesn't mean that this did not happen. Right. I would say maybe ownership, but once again, that applies to all sports. You know what I mean? Like right. basketball, football, hockey, white people own all that. And if he was looking to, to piggyback this new event on what he had said last time about Kaepernick, which was in September, wouldn't he have done it right around the corner from when that was going on? Yeah, I mean, who knows what the question that led to that was? You know what I'm saying? Who knows what the context of well, they asked him, why, do you, why does baseball not have a Kaepernick? And he, his answer was, is because baseball is a white man's sport. I'm paraphrasing there, but that was the question. Ultimately, that ended up being the answer. And I know baseball is a little bit more, I don't know, it's rooted in that. It's rooted more in tradition than the other sports I, for some reason. Like, basketball seems very fluid. Football will change on the drop of a dime. It's very fluid. Where baseball is like, nope, this is it. This is baseball. So I think that's more the reason why there hasn't been a Kaepernick in that. That's a whole other discussion. But I can't, I can't just say this didn't happen because a vendor didn't hear it. He also goes on. He says, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I guarantee you in this day, yes, you are. He says, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I guarantee you in this day and age, if a fan yelled the N-word at a player on the field, everyone anywhere near the near the scene would, would be talking to anyone who would listen about it. So he's saying, where are the people now who were at the game who heard this saying, I was at the game, this did happen, I saw it happen. He's saying he doesn't see any of those, so that means it didn't happen. Now, this all happened, Adam Jones is an outfielder, and obviously you kind of have more, a little bit more like access to baseball players than other sports. I wish I could remember who sent this to me yesterday, but he made a great point. And he was like, dude, you buy bleacher tickets at Progressive Field, you, those are 15 bucks, and you can, or you're within earshot of a player. He's like, you spend 15 bucks to go to a Cavs game, you're watching in the parking lot. Especially, you know, like you're in the bleachers, if you walk down to the front row of those bleachers, Oh, yeah. You can heckle the hell out of somebody. I've done it a million times. I mean, you can get on top of somebody. I mean, dude, you're essentially in the bullpen at, at, at those games when you're out there in the yeah. bleachers. You can, like, you know, definitely be within shot. So it's not necessarily that, like, was. I don't think this was a sellout crowd, and this guy wasn't necessarily yelling it from his seat. If you if you walked up to the front of the bleachers and you were like, hey, Adam Jones, F you, you know, 
enter. Well, right. then, like, yeah, you t- I, I, you could totally do that without having everybody know that you did that. You totally could. Just a day after the Adam Jones incident, a fan in Boston was ejected from a game for using a racial slur <laughs> towards another person in the stands. So, on Wednesday, that the Red Sox announced that that fan had been banned for life. It should be pointed out that when Adam Jones stepped up to the plate after this it had become a story, that Boston rose and gave him a standing ovation as he was at the plate. And I'm sure that that's those people in Boston looking to show people, look, there is definitely people in our community who feel that way, but it's not all of us. I, I saw it like this, where you know you can say that the Browns suck and say that definitively. You can say Boston's racist. That doesn't mean every player on the Browns is the worst football player of all time, right. but collectively you can say they suck i'm hearing more and more athletes come out now that say that like the quote today was by athletes that boston is a flea market of racism now i you know fantone and i were talking about this during the break i've been to boston but i'm a white man so nobody was screaming obscenities and racial slurs at me Uh, a white dude in a hotel there for five days or however long you were there for i can't get a bead on the city i i I don't know what i don't know what their history is we've heard it we've heard it with like old uh celtics ownership old red sox ownership we've heard this i've heard it's a really segregated town like there's a black area and there's a white area and they really don't mix there which would add to the you know racism kind of have have not right Which will definitely lead to more tension. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to believe Adam Jones here because I know sports fans. And I know people, when they feel like you know somebody's ruining their good time, they are going to hit you below the belt. And it's awful. It's deplorable. And I tried to tell people, I think it was a week ago, about another story. I'm telling you right now. I would, I'd be careful. I would be careful about ever letting that word come out of your mouth as what will happen to you, not only physically, but financially in the end of what could happen to you with where you work. One, one of the things that I, I keep hearing when it comes to uh, using that word and using it while an African American is present is that, like, dude, you're going to get your ass kicked. Why do we all make this assumption that black people are going to, number one, risk their freedom, risk getting sued, risk, you know, coming up and punching you? And number two, why do we all make this assumption that black people are just automatic ass kickers? Uh, well, all right, I, dude. What I I don't mean to say and not just you. I'm not putting this on you. No, just I know. a bigger picture there because of how inflammatory it is. It would be like okay, like I'll change it. and I'll take race completely out of it. If I'm at Walmart today, right, and I call, there's a man and a, and his wife are standing there. If I call his wife the c word, I expect to get punched in the mouth. Because of how inflammatory and that, that guy is. can expect to be charged, and that guy can expect to be arrested. So therefore, if you came up and called my girlfriend to see at Walmart, I'm not punching you. I'm yeah, not. You're using a lot of logic for drunk sports fans. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying, and yes, it, there is something going on there where we just think everybody's going to just start going to fisticuffs. So black hands. people are going to kick my ass. Well, I think you're seeing a little bit of fear there. I think you're seeing what people think will happen. Right. And I think that's kind of a part of the problem is we're all intimidated by this blackness that like, oh, dude, this guy could physically dominate me. And that's a part of the reason why racism continues is because we do have this like misconception of like, dude, any black person on the face of the planet can kick my ass. I'm not trying to insult black people saying they can't fight. I'm just saying just because there's somebody there that's African-American doesn't mean he's going to come out clever laying you. These are those microaggressions that aren't necessarily racist. It's microaggressions. Kind of like when you're like, wait a minute, you're black and you still are raising your kids. Well (laughs) spoken. Look at that credit score. Articulate, man. I mean, dude, dude, as soon as white people go to articulate, it's like, dude, shh. Shut it down! Shut it! Abort! Abort! We have $1,000. Let's get you hooked up right now. 1069.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Win yourself a thousand dollars at 9:10 this morning with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. We'll give you your next keyword at 9:10. Also, 9:30, we'll get you hooked up with Megadeth tickets as they come to town. Playing Jacob's Pavilion at Nautica, bringing Mashuga with them as well. That's July the third. Those are those tickets do not go on sale until tomorrow. However, there is a pre-sale this morning at 10 a.m. on Rock 106.9's Facebook page. So be on the lookout for that. All right, Fantone has no idea what we're about to start discussing right now. No, I don't. So I'm going to say this to you, Fantone, okay? Okay. I need you to... Dude, you already kind of went like... <laughs> you kind of went off the rails a couple of times this morning, like defending LeBron, kind of like started screaming your head off, and then you said Boba Fett didn't matter on May 4th, and like, bro, like, honestly, like, I wanted to kill you. So I just... This one's going to want... This is going to set you off. All right. All right? And All right. it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it, but dude, you got to stay inbounds. All right. Okay. And America, it's time we stop calling other people names. And here's what I mean by this. We're all snowflakes. All of us. As soon as we hear something we don't like, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. We're all snowflakes. It's not just the liberal pussies. It's not. It's all of you, too. It's all of us. And I'll prove it to you, as there's now a hashtag that has been set to fire a late-night host. Fire Colbert. If you don't know, Stephen Colbert is kind of the guy that took over for David Letterman. Okay. And Stephen, if you don't know, kind of came from Comedy Central where he was doing a very politically driven show. Yeah, it was it was a tough transition the Colbert for him. Where in the Colbert Report, he had to kind of play a character. He was this over-the-top caricature of what conservative talking heads are supposed to be. Right. And it just over the top with it, and that's what was so funny. They were trying that, to balance the Daily Show out. Right. And, well, by balance it out, I mean, by balancing it out with satire, it's like, well, are you really trying to balance it out, or are you just trying to make fun of the thing that, you're, that, you're, that you've got there? Um, but he's transformed kind of into his own host now, and he does kind of keep things political, but he's not nearly the, the character that he was. No, he's more himself now. And... I am not the biggest uh, Stephen Colbert fan. The Colbert Report was a good enough show. Um, And I will admit that all those late night shows, I don't watch anybody with any regularity. It's all about who they're going to have on that would drive me to that product. I was a David Letterman fan Traditionally, yeah, I mean, because twenty years ago you didn't have anything else. I don't, I don't feel like late night shows are nearly what they once were. Like the the allure of them, the concept of like, oh, I have to watch it. No, I don't. No, it's all turned into like singing in cars and like stupid things. And any, which by the way, that guy James Corden, <laughs> I absolutely hate that talentless hack loser. And if you want to do car karaoke with Stansbury, all you got to do is email <laughs> um, um, Forget I, I, prepping a show. I'll just get Adele to sing. The thing with, with, with all of those shows and SNL and really anything that used to be must-see TV, it's like, dude, now I can just watch the highlights. If it's that good, uh, somebody's going to share it on Facebook. I'll see it in a minute and 30 seconds. Jimmy and, Fallon's kind of figured that out. Yeah. Get it, d- give me the bit. Right. Give me the bit. Give me the bit. And then they just post the bit online, and then it runs all. Uh, it runs its own course there. Jimmy Fallon and Metallica, The Roots, they all play Master of Puppets on kids' toys. Coming up next. And it's like, okay, well, I'll post it up on the website. <laughs> okay, I'll be yeah. fine. All right. WRQK.com. Yeah. Go watch it. <laughs> all yeah. right. So he went on a tirade against Donald Trump the other night and some of the stuff that's been happening. And he addressed some comments to the president and said this, Sir, you attract more skinheads than free Rogaine. Okay, 
Okay. He went on to say, you have more people marching against you than cancer, which okay. technically is true. Okay. says, you talk like a sign language gorilla that got hit in the head. In, the f- in fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's C-holster. Now, we know what the C stands for, right? Yes. And so now everybody freaked out. Everybody. Hashtag fire Colbert. Hank tweets, time for him to go. Total trash. I will boycott advertisers. And then, uh, okay. again, a government, uh, a, a, a Republican like senator said, uh, he's not a comic. I never tune in because of his hate-filled attitude towards our POTUS. Hashtag fire Colbert. He says, uh, you know, other people are now claiming this was homophobic. Now, what I will say is that if a comedian who was known to be right-leaning, mm-hmm. we'll use Tim Allen here, okay, right? Because he's kind of known to be that guy. If he was to make a joke like that, it the left would be out there going, see, they're all homophobic. And they'd be getting us all ramped up on the anti on, on how that side of the aisle is super anti-gay, and we'd be dealing with that. But the left doesn't want to embrace the fact that this comment does kind of come off that way. Now, what I'm gonna say about that is is like, sure, the left would do that, but at least the left isn't the party who's constantly saying, Toughen up, you need to stop being such a snowflake. Like the left kind of embraces is their sissiness. You know what I mean? Like, well, if that's a part of it, then that's a part of it. But if you're going to stand on the hill and scream about, well, dude, jokes are jokes, and you can say, oh, words hurt, words hurt. If you're going to be that person, and then you're going to turn around and say that words hurt, that's where the issue lies. no, but wait, hold on. I'm not sure that that's hypocrisy. Isn't that more just wanting the playing field to be level, and versus, like, if it's okay for Colbert to be the guy, then it's okay for our guys, too. Which way do you want it? Do you want everybody everybody to be able to do it, or nobody to be able to do it? I kind of the want le- everybody to be able the to left do it. doesn't want the left wants nobody to be able to do it the right wants everybody to be able to do it so when somebody does it against you that's when you start crying that is hypocrisy you're the one who's saying no I should be able to say whatever I want well, stop being so PC stop being so PC okay you're choosing to focus on them though but you had just made the statement that the left wants nobody to do it and yet they're totally fine with Colbert doing it you've got people who are saying no 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 you don't you just said no that. these these are Republican people who are upset about it I'm reading what the yes the people who would traditionally call you a snowflake are now upset about this but what I'm not hearing is anybody from the left saying this isn't the way we do this. I'm not seeing it. Maybe it was written. Maybe it was done. I don't know. But there is a point there. And I wanted to come in here and I wanted to say this. That I'm not sure C-Holster has its place in an opening monologue of a late night show. I wanted to say that. But the problem is, is that we do have leadership right now. And the guy won the presidency by going out there and saying, and you can tell them to go F themselves at a campaign rally. The guy was screaming the F word. We have a president now who had to address the size of his penis while running for the election. We're past the should you say C holster on late night monologues conversation. I said this to Fantone yesterday. I cannot believe, and I can't, I hate that I have to say this. I can't believe the S word is still a problem for people in America when we have the grab him by the, the vagina guy. Like, I, like, we're still arguing over language. 
Yes, I mean, at this point, it, we've kind of crossed that bridge, and I don't see why we're like, oh, I can't believe we're on the other side. The yeah, yes you, you, you cross the bridge. Um, but, I, I, I mean, as far as it comes to, like, liberals coming against him, dude, that is, it's a huge part. I'm reading it from CBS.com right now. Liberal and conservatives alike are green. Stephen Colbert should be fired by CBS, but not necessarily for the same reasons. So I think there's people on the right who are like, dude, you said something ill about our president, and you shouldn't be able to say that, you, okay. you know, and you should be fired. And then there's people on the left who are saying, dude, you're a homophobe for saying something like that. You should be fired. Apparently, this is not the first time Colbert went viral. Uh, apparently, a hashtag cancel Colbert started back in 2014 after the host on Comedy Central at that point, the Colbert Report, joked, I am willing to show hashtag Asian community I care by introducing the Ching Chong Ding Dong Foundation for sensitivity to Orientals or whatever. That's the joke. That is the joke. He's being as crass as possible because it's 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 a. <laughs> do, do I have to explain comedy? Like, <laughs> I have. I of course get that. I of course get that because they were. It was in a sketch about the Washington Redskins and the owner Daniel Snyder's pro Native American charity. You know what I mean? That's basically he was pointing out like he's, of course, going to embrace a pro Native American charity so he can keep his logo and keep his name. That was obviously I obviously know that. OK, but there's been plenty of times where on the other side, some where where you're using sarcasm and it comes off as homophobic to people because they don't want jokes made in this vein. And so, like, I think it's I think there's also hypocrisy on the other side where it's like, dude, if you don't want jokes made in that vein, I'm not sure this is the right vein. And, and I mean, and, uh, you know, uh, the fact that Colbert can make homophobic statements about his privilege and systematic oppression of minority groups, hashtag fire Colbert. So I think both sides are saying that, like, yes, I have an issue with this. It's just for different reasons. I would also say, like, C holster's not great for opening monologue. And again, they had to, like, beep and edit his yeah. entire conversation, which then why do it? Like, it's television. If, I mean, if you know, if yeah. it's a guest or whatever and you have to edit, fine. But if you're going to go off on a tirade and then you have to, like, you have to edit it, that's bad television. I could argue that the producer of the show should be fired. What are you greenlighting that for? At the end of the day, so this great monologue is going to happen and we have to edit 90% of it out. At that point, that's just bad TV. That's bad decision making. But I don't totally, I don't have a problem with what Colbert said. This is what I said about when, when position of power was getting ready to switch. I said, you know, you guys, everybody, and I'm not, I'm not really looking to yell at any one particular group of people here. But at the end of the day, we were all fine with, with Barack Obama jokes on late night TV. We were all fine with it. And I said, dude, when you're in power, that's what they're going to do. They're yeah. going to joke about you. They're yeah. going to make jokes, and they're going to question what you're doing. Welcome to being president. If you didn't know that was part of it, then that's, well, that's on him for running. And if you didn't know that they were going to attack your candidate once he got the power, then you weren't paying attention close enough. I would say that, dude, C-Holster, even for me, while talking about somebody's mouth, is a little far for opening monologue material. But, again... I fight for the right where I feel like I should be able to swear in morning drive radio because you're going to turn up songs and you're going to turn up to movies on TBS that swear and do all this stuff. And your kids are going to sit right on their couch and watch it and have it not only the audio, but the image driven into their head with it. But at the end of the day, if I say it on the radio, now you're out there boycotting advertisers and doing all this stuff. Our hip, dude, we are a hypocritical people. Human beings. We just are. What you will accept in different mediums is absolutely 100% insane. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. 
All right. Another thing that has hit my desk that I don't understand why people are upset about, and I don't get this at all, is a Playboy model has upset some people. Jaylene Cook, 25, stripped and then took a photo to feel, this is her quote, freedom and empowerment. After a 12-hour hike to the top of Mount Taranaki on Wednesday, her photographer boyfriend, Josh, 27, took the snap, showing the playmate wearing just her trainers, gloves, and a hat as she admired the view. She posted the picture to her 295,000 Instagram followers. Jeez. That says, this climb has forever changed me. I prove how far I could push myself, and I am truly proud of my accomplishment. This mountain was steep, rugged, ever-changing, and just pure brutal. Safe to say, I will never do it again. Now, but people who live there are now all upset because she disrespected, and it was inappropriate what she did to this sacred mountain. Now is is I mean this this isn't in America correct? No, no, no. Does in that culture is this mountain sacred? Is this like a a, a place where you know you 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 worship or that something of that nature happens? I've never heard of New Zealand being like that, but I guess I don't know. Uh, I've never been there. But I mean, and obviously there's some people who do feel that way. I mean, would this be any different than like going into a cemetery, going into a house of worship, going into like, you know, we've, we've rallied against people taking pictures at the Holocaust Museum. Like if people feel of that culture, feel that this is a holy place, I well, can understand why you'd be upset about a that. A guy who lives there says he and his family have never climbed the mountain because they regard it as the as the tribe's ancestor. Sure, dude, but if yeah, but there's also people who 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 worship every Sunday to a Jesus, to a, a an old dude with a beard sitting in a cloud. Which one's more crazy? Well, I mean, everybody knows my take. They're all crazy. Well, you know, one's one's no less crazy than the other, though. He says here it's culturally insensitive and not what I would expect someone to do on the summit of Mount Taranaki. So the issue is not necessarily the fact that she climbed; it's the fact that she like kind of stripped down, and got a little nude on it. Okay. Uh, maybe it's just because I like the way nude women look. Right, right. And at the end of the day, I mean, okay, so some people express their... Dis- I mean, she's not peeing off the mountain, you know what I mean? Well, like, But it's just a mountain, then. Why not pee off of it? If it's I probably be that, would. I mean, dude, go ahead and take a dump there. Like, what, what difference does it make? I probably would. Not the dump. At the end of the day, all right, so this guy didn't appreciate it or approve of it or anything like that. That's okay. You can, you can like, say, hey, I don't approve of that, and it doesn't make you... Uh, no, I don't care that he's upset about it. I just I, don't understand why he's upset about it. Because that's a holy place to him. If you went, if you went into Jerusalem right now and dropped a deuce where Jesus was born, Christians are going to have an issue with that. If you got naked, if you got naked uh, where uh, I'm, but dude, I'm ignorant to religion. But if you got, if you went into Bethlehem and you got naked and took a picture where little baby Jesus was, Christians would have an issue with that, and that's okay. It is. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm I'm more willing to go along with that because I because I have the history of that religion and I know the history of it and I don't necessarily think about inanimate objects, which again, most religion would tell you not to hold holy. And uh, and that there is only one God, and you shall place no gods before Him, and that would include mountains, but not that religion. And so I, uh, well, we don't know. I mean, he just uh, again, they're not really bringing religion into it. He's just saying they they view it as as the tribe's ancestor. So I don't know how that would be. I guess I think this is just. I mean, 
I would have never thought about it, I guess, was my point. It's like I look at it, I'm like, oh, look, an Instagram hoe is doing what Instagram Be- hoes do. Because you have no you have no relationship to that. To New Zealand? To New Zealand, to that culture, to anything like that. But right. I'm, I'm telling you Shop right now, them. since you do have that relationship to, to Christianity, I mean, how would your dad feel if if if, if somebody went naked into, into Bethlehem? Yeah, he wasn't going to love it. No, he wasn't. And <laughs> he wasn't going to love and it. And that's okay. That doesn't make you a snowflake. That doesn't make you some PC no. pussy. It's okay to disapprove. Disproved of things. It's all right. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, look. I yeah. Oppose what you want. I don't care. I, I don't care that he's upset about it. I just was curious as to why, and I don't. I don't understand that being your like the ancestor there. But I just don't totally get it. I like I said, this to me is like what Instagram hoes do. That's what they do. We got a thousand dollars. We're gonna get you hooked up with it next on the Stansbury Shawler. She's twenty three. They arrested her uh, Wednesday morning, ten fifteen, on East Maple. On charges of endangering her children and uh, improperly handling firearms. Here's what happened. Shanice went into a job interview and she left her kids locked in the vehicle for about a half hour. She went to the interview leaving a diaper bag in the back seat, Fantone. With an unsecured loaded gun in the diaper bag. People walking through the parking lot obviously called cops, said, man, there's two toddlers in the backseat of this car. Like, the car's locked. Something's going on here. So, Sergeant Frank Kemp of North Canton Police Department says, "Uh, we searched for the children's parents, could not find anyone. We were getting ready to force entry into the car for the safety of the kids, and that's when she returned. Um, We had been there for a fair amount of time before she walked out. Uh, Frank Kemp said the diaper bag containing the gun was found between the children in the back seat. They both, under the age of two, were turned over to uh, CPS in Summit County, and a grandparent had then been notified. Uh, The jail records also said Little is employed as a laborer at a Canton business, but the records do not say whether or not she was hired for the new job she was applying for. Probably for a second job there is what I would imagine. Now, obviously, parents are in a tough spot, dude, where we were talking about it earlier in the morning where you have to work and you have to have your kids watch and you're supposed to be there watching your kids. And it's a tough place to be, especially when you're going for your second job. You know, you don't have a lot of time left over for the kids when you're looking for that second job. But that does not excuse leaving your children locked in the car in the back seat with a loaded handgun. Right. I feel for your plight. I understand needing to go to a job interview. I totally do. But the law's not going to care. Like, you got to know that. You got to figure out daycare, childcare, family members, something. And I know that kind of sounds kind of heartless for me to say. It's like easier said than done. And I totally understand that. But that's what the judge is going to say to you. Easier said than done, but necessary. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, 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 can, you can come up with a million reasons why you couldn't get it done. And if that's the case, well, then you can't have that second job. It's your children first and, and the safety of your children first, not the, not the job you have. It, it's just you have to put safety above anything else. And you can't leave the gun in the diaper bag between the two of them. And somebody's going to say they were both under the age of two. What's going to happen? But you remember, I remember last year on the program, we did that story in Texas where that two-year-old grabbed a gun from the back seat and shot his grandmother, I believe it was. So yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Is it likely? Probably not. No. But, but I wouldn't risk that. But when the end result could be my children not being alive, it's it, the likelihood's larger than I want it to be. What an irresponsible place to keep a handgun. I mean... It, it, right, because aren't you always just kind of like rifling through like a diaper bag and like know, looking I, through 
through what's in there? Obviously, your priority to carry a gun around if you want to protect your family is certainly fine. But like, dude, don't come at, don't come at me with like, oh, responsible gun owners, dude. You got a gun in a goddamn handbag or in a, in a in a diaper bag. Yeah, that can't be the best it's, look. It's terrible. That cannot be the best look. We have Megadeth tickets. They're playing Jacob's Pavilion at Nautica. That happens July third. There's also an internet presale going on at the Rock 1069 Facebook page starting at 10 a.m. this morning because tickets do not officially go on sale until tomorrow morning. We have a win them before you can buy them set. We'll pass those out. And also an incredible story about friendship that includes professional ballparks. Where do you hear that? We'll give you that after hooking you up with this thousand dollars. Six nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. That's where you can watch this video of a Florida man crashing into a police cruiser, getting out of the car in nothing but boxers, and then dancing. Florida man getting it. Florida man constantly on it. He's always doing something. Something. I just read this, too. AAA recommends that $146 billion in safety improvements be done to Ohio roads. Just to Ohio? Yeah. Wow. $146 billion. Wow. They recommend. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. money. And I'm sure that's not even like making things perfect. That's probably just getting things out of out of the yeah. F category, like getting it into a, a passing grade category yeah, there. I would imagine so. Um, yeah. That's dude, that's one of the things that, you know, as as the Trump presidency has become, you know, uh, what, what you know, reality, um that's one of the things I fully support, dude. That trillion dollar infrastructure spending plan, I think that's a great idea. Oh, it I fixes wish, a lot of stuff. I wish America would get on board with that. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It's a huge problem in the country right now. It puts us at risk. And if 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 we could be like, all right, this is an investment as opposed to like, oh, it's just a tax. And oh, I'm so angry about spending money. It's worth it in the long haul. No, one of the things that makes America the great country that it is and why we are um, re- like revered by other countries Hot is dogs? because of our <laughs> is because of our infrastructure. Like a lot of times when we send medical aid and that stuff to other countries it has a hard time getting there because roadways not being right and like and so like dude infrastructure is a huge deal i'm with you i we should spend more money on that i have long said that i plan to not be buried yeah i think being buried is egotistical i think taking up space on planet earth after you're no longer breathing i i just i think like 10 people have accomplished enough to do that I, I disagree with you, but I, I, I something drew my attention to that thought of yours when I was at the Indians game. You know how you walk out of Jacobs Field and what is that? Um, Euclid, no, no, what is that street? Uh, East Ninth? Yeah. Where right across the street, downtown Cleveland, like in the middle of everything, there's that cemetery. It's weird. And I'm just like, dude, how much money could you make putting a building here? But for some Parking reason, or, for some reason or another, it's like, no, just some dead people are going to say. Yeah. I just don't understand the burial thing. I don't get it. And like I said, I think it's egotistical. There's only so much earth. I don't think you should get to like hold it over us as you're dead. I I, I I think a lot of people, it's not so much about you being, or when you die, it's like, I want this to be here. It's somewhere where your family can go, somewhere where your loved ones can go, somewhere we can kind of go and remember the past. I totally get it. That's a tradition. And I think just like as the world evolves, some traditions just go by the wayside as they should. And burial is one of them. There's a, a, like, if, if we got rid of all the cemeteries in the world, build a couple of houses on them. Guess what? We could house people who don't have a place to live, right? Sounds like a better plan to me. That's well, just me. Well, we're not running out of room. You know what I mean? It's not that it's not that we don't have room in America. It's that we don't have the money to build that house or some who's going to pay for it. That's a short-sighted argument. We, we're not running out of room because we will at some point. 
in my lifetime, we went from five and a half billion to seven billion people on the planet. That will only continue to grow. And I've just have always viewed burial as super egotistical. I don't know why you think you get to take up space when you're dead. I don't understand that. All right. But so being cremated is the way I want to go. It's what we do with my dad. And we still celebrate his life whenever the hell we feel like it. I don't need to stare at a stone and pretend I'm talking to it to celebrate his life. But a New York City guy's on a mission. And he was like best friends with like a plumber, right? And so Tom McDonald says he has the best tribute for his plumber friend, Roy Regal, who has passed away and then since been cremated. They were both childhood friends in Queens, and they grew up as big New York Mets fans. So what he's going to do, and he's already started it, is he's going to every major league ballpark in the majors and flushing a little bit of his friend's ashes down the toilet because his friend was a baseball fan and plumber. So he views this as a very fitting tribute to his friend. Okay. He says, now like baseball, my endeavor has some serious rules here. The game has to be in progress when he goes. Right. Cannot go before or after the game and get All like right. special treatment or whatever. And then he sprinkles a little bit of the ashes into the toilet from a little plastic bottle, which I'm surprised he's able to get into the stadium. I was surprised to find that out. Um, I mean, he probably has to, like, you know, when you go in and you walk through the metal detector, you drop all your stuff in there. He probably just drops it in there. They open it up. What is this? It's Dead not, body? I, well, I mean, it's not anything that you're not allowed to have. If you just wanted to carry your, your husband's urn with you wherever you went, I don't see why you wouldn't be allowed to do that. Well, I'm not allowed to take a plastic water bottle into the game, though. If it's sealed, you can. Yeah, but that's obviously not sealed. He's done this. You know what I mean? He's well, right, but I mean, like, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, it's because that's something that you're going to consume at the game. If I take a sealed bottle of water, they'll let me take it into Progressive take, Field. Yeah, you can take food in there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Given the fact that how much stuff they sell, I figured they would just want it to be that. He's done this in 16 stadiums. Now, I guess his dead friend, Roy Regal, was also a music fan. So when he came to Progressive Field, he also uh, flushed ashes at the ballpark, but also the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In Chicago, he did the duty at the White Sox game, skipping Wrigley because the Cubs' longtime rival of the Mets. And he says, look, I know people think this is weird. And he goes, and if this was anybody else, I would totally agree. He said, but for, it's for my buddy Roy, and this is a perfect tribute because he was a plumber and a huge baseball fan and my best friend. I just so you want to be buried, huh? Um, I don't care what happens to me. Um, but I can understand why some people really, really want to have that place to go. I it's there's something significant about that final resting place where you don't feel like you necessarily get that with a cremation. You know what I mean? Like you don't. You don't. Uh, I don't because I mean, I, again, we cremated a family member, and I don't feel that way at all. But maybe that's just how I feel about it. I just my my grandparents, honestly, my dad's dad. And uh, his mom are both buried less than 10 miles away from here. And I never go. I can't remember the last time I ever went. I um, On almost a yearly basis, I'll go see one of my friends that we lost in high school. Like, I'll, I'll not go see him, but I right. mean, I'll go to his grave and like kind of, you know, hey, dude, been a while, you know, and it's not even like a talk to or like a, but it's close enough to my parents' a house. Never forgetting situation. Right. It's close enough to my parents' house and it just feels like an appropriate thing to do. So, you know, it, different strokes for different folks, obviously here, but I, I understand why some people feel like that. I'm not like, dude, no, you, you, ha- this is what you have to do, but. Right. I mean, I'm not going to knock you. It's not like I'm going to drive past the cemetery, honk my horn and like make fun of you because you're saying goodbye to your loved ones. Like, that's not it. It's just as a personal preference for me. 
I, I just, I can't, I mean, I have not accomplished enough in life to take up space when I'm dead. Did you hear about um, the body that was cremated and the dude was so fat, so morbidly obese that he started a fire? Yeah, grease fire. It's hilarious. There was also another cremation story that hit the news this week where apparently, dude, somebody at a funeral home refused to cremate people because they were gay. Which I didn't understand. If you're anti-gay, isn't that the best thing you could do? It's like, dude, I get to light a gay dude on fire. Yeah, but you're giving them that, like, you're giving them that ceremony. You're giving them that, you know, and if that's your religious beliefs, there's plenty of people out who are there who are going to say, well, do no, you shouldn't have to do a gay person. Not that you have to do a gay person. That's probably <laughs> cremate probably, a gay person. There you go. That's what I mean. Clean it up. We got Megadeth <laughs> tickets that are playing July the 3rd. We'll get you hooked up next on The Stansbury Show. The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You just heard a little CSNY there, Ohio, as today is the 47th. Uh, years since that Kent State tragedy where four students lost their lives over a protest. And uh, they do an event there every year at Kent State for that. They're moving this year's event indoors because of uh, the fear of some rain. I don't know what's happening right there with the weather in Kent right now, but I know that they had made that decision. Uh, Shannon tweets in and says, I love that you played Ohio twice today. Hashtag KSU. Hashtag May 4th. Yeah, we just felt like that's the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, certainly, obviously, a huge, a huge event in American history, and obviously, something like that happens in your own backyard, and you'd be crazy not to well, not just, to acknowledge it. It felt weird to talk about Yoda all day with May Fourth, right. and then not make mention of that. Is all you Early, know? earlier in the conversation, um, I kind of mentioned that I I, I I didn't have a very clear picture of Kent State and kind of what happened there, and I, I feel like there's a lot of questions still unanswered. And somebody on Twitter kind of came at me like, "What the hell, dude? What do you mean you don't understand it? Four kids got shot, and that's it. End of the story." And I don't know, because no, it's really not. I, I was looking at this article on Cleveland.com where they have an audio tape of kind of the incident and what happened there. And there's this big, I don't want to say it's a conspiracy theory or anything like that, but there is a theory um, that somebody had a gun in that crowd and the guy's name was, last name was Norman. I'm trying to figure out what his first name was. And the guy did. He had a gun in that crowd and the gun had been shot from an FBI ballistics test. And I don't know if that's what happened there. But like, there's plenty of question marks here, and I'm not trying to negate the the huh. very serious nature. I didn't of that. know that. I'm not trying to negate the tragedy of that situation, and I'm certainly not trying to say that those four kids deserve to die or anything like that. No, but sunlight matters, and facts matter, and what happened there matters. I didn't so know any of that. It's it, it's very easy, as, as in most things, when it comes to something like this, when there's dead bodies and there's soldiers or police officers on the other side of of that dead body, there are questions to be asked, and there are things to look at. So. Like I didn't mean to offend you, John. I didn't mean to like come down on Kent State or anything like that. The, the, the point I'm trying to make is that this is obviously a gray subject. This it's is not black. It's not white. This is the tough part about our gig because people kind of have the half the radio on halfway as they're dropping kids off at school, or maybe you're working or this and that. It's like, what did he just say about that? And it's like, you know what I mean? It's not always in proper context. What people hear sometimes, but I mean, I know how you feel, but I'm not the one you got to worry about. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I'm glad you had a chance to clear that up. The guy actually, the the the, the guy with the gun, he was a reporter and he had his gun with him. He actually admits to firing the vo- the revolver in the ground before the before the soldiers started. Shooting. Oh wow, I hadn't remembered so, like, that. 
and that's I didn't where, remember that. That's where like the sniper rumor comes into place okay. and the conspiracy theory. Because like, I did remember hearing something about that. Now that's what tied into all that. I, I hadn't remembered that. Right. So it's like I said, it's just not as black and white as we all make everything out to be. So I can't make this out. Okay. The Cavaliers won last night by 22. Indeed they did. Modeled them. Never even close. Never was close. Never even close. Never felt worried about it. Game three tomorrow. Yep. We go up to Toronto. Correct. And we're opening. Vegas has us as a two-point favorite. Um, I mean, you, <sighs> you dismantle a team two times in a row. Now, I know there's home court. Yeah. So I, I get that, but... Two points, especially the two seems a little a little low to me. But especially when you have a team that's up against the ropes, returning onto their home court, you're going to get more production out of guys who aren't superstars. You're going to get more production out of guys who aren't necessarily, you know. I mean, Serge Ibaka is probably going to be more effective. In Toronto At versus home. versus on the road. Now you got dudes like you know Kyle Lowry who can go out and perform anywhere that they go. You know, now, side note, I actually really like Kyle Lowry. I respect he's, he's that stud, kid's yeah. game. I respect his game. He hugged LeBron last year when he won. He said, "Dude, you're a bad mf'er. Go win it all." And to me, that's just how a pro is supposed to handle it. I don't know if he's good enough for me to like. Yeah, bring him here. Let's draft. You know, put the whole team around Kyle Lowry. But I respect Kyle Lowry and his game. Now Kyle Lowry, um, he was injured last night. It looked like it was pretty bad from at least how he was reacting to it. I wonder if Vegas has a, an in on whether he's injured or not. I had not thought of that. Um, and I, I definitely think before we get off the Cavs, man, it is so well worth noting. Um, DeMar DeRozan, dude, didn't have a field goal until the fourth quarter last night. Really? J.R. Smith is a lockdown defender, dude. And the fact that that guy was was the was the bad part of of the trade that brought him, uh, you know, that brought him to Cleveland. I, what a godsend that guy I remember LeBron been. saying, and then they told us they would throw in JR, right. and that's what made him really want to do. He's like, you're going to throw in JR? I mean, the, the, the defense, the three-pointers. The, the pipe. The, the pipe. He's got it the all. Pipe. Remember when he cried last year when they won the title, yeah, and he was talking his dad, about his mom and yeah. dad? And, dude, I felt like he was talking about my mom and dad. And, honestly, J.R. Smith, one of my top ten Cavaliers right now, all just, time. Just had a baby, too, right? Yeah, he's got that preemie baby yeah, that he's premature baby. Of, and, oh, my God, she's so sweet. And he takes all these pictures and talks about how that's his top priority. Jared Smith is the man. I want to bet a bunch of money tonight, but I worry I'm getting trapped by Vegas. I think Friday is the trap game, dude. I really do. I, I think if there's a game... Oh, that, yeah, tomorrow. Sorry. I think there's a if, if there is a game that they're going to lose, I think it's Friday, game three, and I'll be okay with that. It's, uh, you know, not hit the panic button. You're not going to sweep everybody. Last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Cavaliers throttled the Raptors for the first two games, went up to Toronto and lost the next two. So it's not, you know, a, a panic button moment if that does happen, um, but if if there you are give to me lose two game. points on our home court, I'd bet it all day. All day, dude. But but you're on the road, so I don't know. It, it, it feels like a little bit. Uh, what do I want to say? Too sweet there. Maybe I'll bet game four. Maybe maybe I'll hold off on game three. Maybe I'll bet game four and uh, probably lose a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> and probably lose a bunch of money. Megadeth playing. July 3rd, Jacob's Pavilion at Nautica. We have those tickets for you. We'll take caller 20 as we end the program. 1-800-243-7625. You're off to check out Megadeth. Fishhead will actually get you hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. That happens at 1010. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow. I would say 6, but I'm working tonight. It might be 615. <laughs> we'll be back at it live tomorrow morning on Rock 1069. You guys have a great day.